Hello from sunny California. This week we celebrate one of my favorite records, Mountain Rock, by the band Dear Nora, being reissued by Arindal Records. I celebrated this by discussing the touring life, including disgusting food, alone time, and self-care, with Dear Nora's Katie Davidson and Arindal Records's Owen Ashworth. I hope that you really enjoy it. In other news, I want to recommend something to you, which is my new favorite podcast, that being the podcast version of Rachel Maddow's TV show. So if you don't have cable, but you want to learn about the fascist government and you want to hear it through her lens and filter, I highly recommend you find it on iTunes. Finally, 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 I must recommend that you check out my Patreon page. That is a place where you can go and for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to unpublished diary comics, printable pieces of art, and coming soon instructional videos about how to make comics. I just posted some printable valentines for people and a comic about myself and a panda bear. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. Now have a great week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Today on Sagittarian Matters, an episode dedicated to mountain rock, music, and touring with Katie Davidson and Owen Ashworth. Stay tuned. Katie Davidson is one of my favorite musicians. She's played under the names Dear Nora and Key Losers, and recently her record Mountain Rock was reissued by Arindal Records. Katie and I talked about tour food, hot seafood in France, the feminist anthem she wrote for Rookie Magazine, and more. Enjoy. Katie Davidson, welcome to Sagittarian Matters. Thank you so much for having me. Mountain Rock, which was released in 1975. Just got re-released by Arundel Records. And I know you've been telling everybody, but can you tell me what Mountain Rock is? Because it's a concept record. Sure. Well, it's an album that I put out under my band name, Dear Nora, in 2004. And it's an album I pretty much made almost exclusively alone in terms of writing recording and performing uh, there's a some collaboration on there but not much and then a, a label called mountain or uh, um magic marker records put it out in, t- in 2004 on compact disc what's your favorite song on the record um if, well i think the entire point of the album is that it's not about singular moments it's not about specific songs the the whole point is that all the songs kind of run together or overlap or fade into each other um or are abruptly cut off and the next one starts and it's all meant to be one cohesive piece um so i have i guess i don't know i have some favorite moments but to me the whole point is that the album is almost like one long piece of music um and and that's the way that i think it should be listened to like i think if you just like are on Spotify or something and you dip in and press play on one song, then you're, that's fine, but you might be sort of missing the point. I think it's, I have it on CD and it is a great CD to listen to (laughs) when you're working because then you can listen to the whole thing straight through. Yeah. And it just makes, makes a lot of sense. Cool. It just makes a lot of sense. I just led a workshop called Making Art During Fascism. Sweet. As an artist, what do you feel your place is in the current, under the current fascist regime or world? Like, how do you keep going, or what is your place as an artist? The main thing I've been focusing on is making art, making art often, and not just making art, making sure I share it with the world. Um, and that's that's what I want to stay focused on um, is continuing to work and continuing to share it. Um, 
because I took a five-year break from performing my own music for the most part. And I think it was pretty crucial just for my own development, but um, especially now it feels super important to, to me to, 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 to get out there, to share what I'm making um, with as many people as I can. Um, so that's just like a very, very elemental, el elemental answer. It's not even maybe a political answer, but um, I think the p point is like, don't hoard your art, don't get distracted by the internet as you know as as much as possible, and just keep making work, keep keep saying what's what's real to you, and share it with people. I have this booklet about making art during fascism. And one cool. of the things it says, because people were like, should I stop making art and instead go to law school or medical school? Sure. Or public office? And Beth Pickens said, no. Artists mm -hmm. have to make art because it's how they process being alive. Yeah. In my experience, That's... when artists stop making work, they become depressed, anxious, and generally dissatisfied with life. Yes. Is that a question? No. That really, yeah, that definitely resonates. I mean, I, I just know basically 100% that my calling on this earth is to make music and share it with people. And yeah, I would be, I would be doing a disservice to the world if I ignored that. So I just feel like the best thing I possibly can do is keep making art that's true to me um, and sharing it. You know, you um, also wrote a feminist anthem. Did you, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> What's your source on that? <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. <laughs> but my sources say that you and your collaborator, Mariana Ritchie, wrote a feminist anthem for Rookie. We did. With just a lot of celebs. Yeah. It was super cool. Why did you, do, was, why did you do that? Why did we do that? Um, because someone that me and... Mariana Ritchie are connected to is, is a person named Jessica Hopper. Maybe some of your listeners have heard of her. She's a great writer. She was also um, prominently featured in the Riot Girl book, which I had no idea about any of that stuff until I read it, and I was astounded. Oh, rad. Yeah, totally. Um, at the time, she was working at Rookie, and now she works for MTV. She's, she's worked for Pitchfork, and, you know, she's just been around forever doing awesome stuff. Um, but at the time, she was working at Rookie, and they had this idea to or she had the idea or or rookie and her had the idea to um have some kind of feminist anthem that serves the a sort of we are the world purpose um and jessica thought of me and mariana richie who we all call richie um to write to write it and that she was going to round up a bunch of performers to sing on it so we wrote the song, uh, chords, melody, lyrics. Um, Rookie collaborated on the lyrics. And then, yeah, then um, she got some really amazing people to sing the lines on it. Like so, who? Um, Tavi sings the line. Um, uh, the late Genevieve or Gen Genevieve uh, Castre. Um, let's see, Carrie Brownstein. Um, Is Kimmy oh, Dawson sitting on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, Kimmy Dawson, uh, Tegan and Sarah. There's really amazing talent. Gloria Estefan. And I think the rapper's name is Psalm One, and she has an amazing verse. Mm. Yeah, it's really cool. I want to talk to you about touring. Great, I really, I really want to talk about touring. Can you tell me, in your, do a minute, take a minute, how many shows do you feel like you've played? Oh God! Wait, this is so weird because I I was just with I think a small group of people and we were trying to figure out how many shows we've played by trying to I don't even remember like we were I was with people who have been touring as long as me and we were. We ha we're having such a hard time coming up with an accurate number. Um, no, like if, when I started to think about even like how many house shows happened at a house where I lived, I just yeah. came up dry. 
Yeah, it's like, and I just have such a bad time like estimating numbers anyway. Um, like, but I just, I don't know. It's 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 a lot. It's 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 a lot. Like at your height of touring, you were away from home. What like six months out of the year? Yeah, touring. Yeah. You, I mean, okay, so um, how many? Okay, so a year has like three hundred sixty-five days. So, I mean, maybe there were some years where I. Did I maybe do like a hundred shows, like a third of the year, at least? So obviously not all the. So this is like this is what we were trying to do. Me and like I can't even remember who I was with, but people who have just been touring forever, and we were just like trying to break it down. But then some years you like don't do as much. But all I can say is it's definitely in the many many of hundreds, it's hundreds and hundreds. I think you've played thousands of shows. I don't think I've played thousands. You've been playing music for how long? Thousands of shows. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you played thousands of shows. This was the debate we kept thinking <laughs> in. I think someone even said that at the time. They're like, "You've played like three thousand shows," and I'm like, "No, I haven't. I played three thousand shows." Uh, what are your top tour tips? Oh, okay. This is good. I'm just gonna riff here a little bit. Uh, Top tour tips, um, eat a lot of apples. Make sure your guts are uh, ke- keeping up with you. You really just, you really don't want to not be able to do, go number two on tour. It's just not fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Eat your fiber. Um, I love that that's the first thing I thought of. Um, second thing, very important, take care of yourself. Don't wait for other people to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone gets up at different times. Don't wait till the last person gets up at noon and you've been up since eight and then you're like so hangry <laughs> and so mad at them for sleeping. No, just fucking leave. Oh, can I swear on this? Yeah. Excuse my French. Just leave the house where you slept on the floor and get up and go for a walk and get a goddamn bagel. Like, take care of yourself because... I've seen a lot of tour meltdowns happen, and usually it's just because someone's wondering when someone else is going to take care of them. It's like somebody and, just being co. What? Somebody just having a codependent moment. Yeah. Is that is that your is that the, the shorthand now? <laughs> being a co. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I'll be like, oh, this feels too co. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. No. You gotta just <laughs> you gotta just do your thing. Like if you're like. I'm so depressed because I haven't exercised in two weeks. Well, I'm sorry. That's on you. Like, you got to get up and do what you need to do. <laughs> no one's going to do it for you. I mean, that being said, it, it is kind of hard to go on tour and interrupt your routine. Um, so it, it is hard to remember to, to take excellent care of yourself but or have the opportunities to. But, yeah. I think my tips would be, like, be unfailingly polite as much as you can to everyone you meet and especially the people who are hosting you. I agree with that. Cause they'll remember that. And they're so excited to see you. And even if you're like tired and haggard and hangry and you haven't eaten any apples cause you didn't hear this podcast and like you haven't <laughs> exercised and you didn't eat till like 2 PM even. And you're like, I've been on the road and this sucks. And I've been cramming a van that smells like human Doritos. Then uh-huh. you show up to them and they're so excited to see you and they're fresh and they've been looking forward yeah. to this. Right. And so then you have to just be like, hello. Thank you. I just, yeah. I feel like I've been on tour in big groups where different people have like let their emotions guide them mm. as far mm-hmm. as how they treat the people around them. And you're like, sorry, man, that's not what this is. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And also to the people who go to the shows, I mean, they, they don't like, they're just there to see you and they're super, often super excited. Like they don't know that you haven't slept well for like eight days. Like, you just have to just do like do your best. But that I think your your advice goes hand in hand with mine because I think you could be polite and a you know, a groovy person if you just in whatever way possible try to take care of yourself on tour. Do you remember we went on tour with uh, on Sister Spit with this there was one of the people that we were on tour with was a terrible snorer. Oh yeah. And we thought that they maybe were being, everyone was being dramatic about his snoring. Because <laughs> they said that it was like, he was like <laughs> screaming. 
Yeah, yeah. Screaming. I do remember that being like a scary sound. So Michelle T had to come sleep on the floor of the hotel room that we were sharing yeah. with Lynn. I've had to do that too. The snoring thing is hard. If you have to share a room with someone who snores, it's just there's that one. That's a that's a difficult one to solve because earplugs won't even really help you that much if they're really bad. But you, I mean, if you just need to leave the room, like you just go find another room, sleep in the van, do whatever you need to do. What do you? What is the worst food you've ever had on tour? Do you have something in your mind that you're hoping I'm going to say? I just remembered one. Is it like a <laughs> thick cardboard pizza from like a rest stop in Delaware or whatever? No, I was thinking about you <laughs> in France showing up to <laughs> showing up to a festival on a hot summer day with a full oh, and the seafood. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is like a full spread just... of seafood just steaming in the sun yeah yeah <laughs> i yeah i wasn't ready for that but <laughs> <laughs> i think i could probably handle that better now i think i actually would probably join in more now it's like we have a little, little more, bit more adventurous but um yeah I, I just i guess it's just was it's it's not like hard to be in France, but I think it's hard to be like on tour. It's, it's like an awesome, it's an awesome, uh, privilege and it's a beautiful thing. But also like if you're just used to eating brown rice and beans, which is basically what I eat all day, <laughs> boring hippie food. And then you're like thrust into a tour where you're in France for a month and like you haven't seen anything except for seafood in like eight days. Like <laughs> you kind of, <laughs> You do tend to get a little bit homesick. Uh, will you d describe the definition for the word food pill, <laughs> which you coined? Oh, God. See, I don't even know if I believe in that anymore. But You don't? Uh, I mean, maybe in a healthier sense. Mm. What's a food pill? <laughs> food pill is, um, is just something that if that you just like that's edible and digestible that you need to get into your body to make sure that you don't get hangry and be mean to the people around you my quote for me was just get it down <laughs> <laughs> yeah just get it down <laughs> it's like something that you otherwise would not really you don't really enjoy eating it you don't want to eat it you're not eating it for any reason except for that you need to not die yeah <laughs> yeah not die or not kill some other person i imagine you just like massaging your throat being like just get it down just get it like with a dog and a pill <laughs> i've just gotten much better about carrying snacks so now even a food pill can be like something quite delicious <laughs> <laughs> I well because on sister spit sometimes we would have drives that were like 13 hours or something or yeah. like no time and I would be like I don't want to eat this McDonald's salad or whatever the thing was and it'd be like food right. pill just get it down yeah God. well I'm booking I'm booking my own tours and we don't have any drives like that well that <laughs> it's we, part it falls in the take care of yourself category we had a, a real overachieving um, tour manager on that <laughs> who had high hopes for our morale as we drove <laughs> like up and down the coast and into Montana and back again. We did great. I think we did pretty great. Uh, is touring glamorous? No. Uh, there can be glamorous moments sometimes, mm -hmm. but, but um, blanket answer, no. <laughs> Have you ever made a giant mistake on tour? I'm sure I have many. I don't know. Define mistake. I don't really believe in mistakes. No, I don't. I can't think of a big mistake either. I mean, I think. I mean, I, I've definitely done super dumb, dumb shit. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, I don't believe in mistakes. Like I learned that it was just something I had to learn, and now I don't do it. Yeah. What tips would you give a young musician who wants to book their own tour or make their own way? right now specifically advice about touring whatever you want I mean besides um, make your art keep making your art besides that well something to add on to make your art keep making your art is that would be important for me to say is um, 
I really, 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 really appreciate when um, I hear a unique voice and everyone has a unique voice, but I think, um, I think some people feel uh, trepidation about sharing that unique voice. And so um, they, they pull from other influences and, and sort of um, cushion their, <laughs> their aesthetic with, with like references to other aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm phrasing this in a kind of strange way for sure, but so don't copy but, other people's stuff. Well, no, I don't No, It's not that like, well, like in everyone, comics, it's like, called aping where you can tell someone's a fan of like Joe Sacco. Cause they'll yeah. copy his exact bad. way. Yes, exactly. Sorry to interrupt you, but, um, I don't really think that's bad at all, but I think like, okay, work out what you need to work out, but I just really appreciate, um, risk. And I think if you're going to go to the trouble of like doing enough to make a thing of art, make a thing of music and get it out to people and then go share it with people. Like just be yourself as much as you can. Like every single person is so different and just be your own weird self. Like that's what people want to see. They, they want to see a new vision and they want to share in your unique vision. And Um, that's what I would say to people who want to do this and maybe haven't before is like, maybe get a lot of ideas, go out and get as many ideas as you can. And, but then really just try to build up the courage to be utterly yourself. That's really nice. (laughs) I find there's, I keep, I reference this on the podcast a lot, but I was watching Alison Bechtel give a talk and she you know, was like, yeah, at a point I realized my otherness was my strength. Totally. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And also her in art, she was like, as a lesbian who like wasn't really accepted by comics, I was able to be more objective about the Uh art form. And it gave me a really unique place to see from. Sure. I mean, like, how do you you feel about being a gay person and a woman and someone with an interesting gender in indie rock, which is predominantly not that? I feel fine and like the weird part is I just never really thought about it that much. There's only, I would just be, I would, you know, I've always just like been who I am and then only had moments of where I'm like, oh wait, I might be the only queer person in the room. I'm not sure. Does it matter? I don't know. Um, I don't think that's the case anymore. Um, I just like, everyone's got a different way of um, integrating their queerness or not queerness into their art. Mm -hmm. You know, some people um, it's, it's uh, it just naturally comes to the forefront of their art. And, and um, in a way they're like a quote unquote queer artist and they make uh, overtly queer content. And um, I've never really fallen into that category, but on the other hand, like I have, I'm, very proud to be queer and I have nothing to hide and I never have. Um, but I have just so many other subjects that I'm, um, that I'm, that I'm interested in. And so I just sort of like write music about that stuff. Um, but sort of to circle back to your very, I think it was your first question about making art during fascism, um, or whatever the fuck is going on in this insane world. Um, is that I'm like, I'm just like very overtly queer looking and to me, (laughs) to me, I don't, people listening to a podcast might not get that, but, um, to like, for me to just be who I am and just be Andrew and get on stage and like, um, share my story and have people want to come and, and share in that, like that to me just feels innately political. And that's the other reason why I feel like it's really important for me to be on stage and be on tour. Yeah. 
it, you know, when I think about artists continuing to make art during these times, um, I try to remember the art or artists or communities of artists that helped save my life or make me want to stay on this planet. Yeah. When I was a young person or at different times, like art takes up a lot of space in our brains, whether we think about it or not. Um, like the dialogue from TV shows will go through my head at certain times or like mm -hmm. I will reference characters from books or TV shows or movies all the time. Like songs go through my head. I'm living, you know, in a place with design that's all by artists. Like art impacts every aspect of my life. Yeah. So continuing to make art is a thing. Even if you're like, oh, am I navel gazing? Should I start making art that's overtly political? It's like, no, just take up space as yourself. If you are, you know, especially if you're in any way an otherized person or you have something to say that's counter to the dominant narrative that's now being barfed down from the president. Yeah. What, when you were a young person, is there any piece of art or artist that really changed your life or made you want to stay here? Stay here? What do you mean? Not die. Stay on earth, not die. Got it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, tons, but um, maybe this is just top of mind. I was, I don't know, I was thinking about this earlier today, but that's maybe that's why this is popping in my mind now. But um, when I was in high school, I got into Liz Fair. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that she was really holding her own in a indie rock world that was mostly dudes. Um, and so not only that, she had like um, some like risque lyrics, but not just risque, like also really some really beautiful, poetic, arty, strange lyrics. And then on top of that, she had a non-traditional like woman singer singing voice because you know, you're just used to like women having like beautiful voices in pop music, but, um, and it's not, I absolutely love her voice, but it wasn't like a traditionally beautiful singing voice. Um, and so when I was, you know, 15 living in rural Arizona to be able to listen to Liz Fair and have these like almost just beautifully imperfect songs, um, and have access to that, like that was just so powerful for me. I didn't like, but Riot Girl didn't really reach me at the time. I I was just living too rurally, but that that particular artist spoke to me in the '90s. That's a great answer. Oh, thanks. Is there anyone you're super excited about today? I love Chance the Rapper. You do? <laughs> yeah. I want to listen to that. I think he's bringing joy and beautiful music and positivity to the world. And I love his dancing. You also are a fan of Ariana Grande, I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I really need to uh I really need to look up some of her hotter tracks. <laughs> I I can supply. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Katie, people can support you by buying the Dear Nora Mountain Rock reissue on vinyl from Arindal yeah. Records. Yes. Do you have anything else you want to say to my podcast listeners? Um, be kind to each other, uh, get to know your neighbors, and um, put a lot of love and energy into your own communities. I know it's gonna be a strange time, well it can't possibly be any stranger than the present, cause now it is said. Since the change in me It loomed like a curse And I thought of it as a mountain there Thought of it as a lonesome border And I know we're gonna last a long time But I can't help but need to live from minute to minute Cause now it is said there's a change I sense the change in me. Mm -hmm.
Ashworth is a serious road dog and one of the funniest people I know. Compared to me, he is also very tall. Through his time playing music under the names Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone and Advanced Bass, he's been touring consistently for about 20 years. I talked to Owen from a bench in my front yard as I stole my neighbor's Wi-Fi signal, so thank you for your patience in advance for the audio in this episode, and thank you to producer Chris for fixing it up. Now please enjoy my talk with Owen Ashworth. What do you do? Can you what tell do I do? <laughs> Can you tell well, my listeners uh, who you are? I'm trying to figure that out for for a minute. Um uh well, I guess I'm 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 a musician. I I have toured and made records for I guess the last 18 years or so. Um I had a band called Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone and then I had another one called Advanced Bass, which I'm still doing. And I run a little record label called Arindel Records out of my house in Chicago, Illinois. Um, yeah, I kind of do all that stuff part-time because I have two really little kids these days. So I'm not uh, globetrotting quite the way I used to be. But, uh, yeah. You have kinda toured th- a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of... I think I've only recently realized that I kind of toured more than most of my friends or I think I just went a little harder than most people did and uh, I don't know why that is I don't know why I thought that's what I was supposed to do but uh, yeah I really enjoy the traveling um yeah I got to go to a lot of different countries and stuff while I was young and had very little responsibility otherwise do you feel like it paid off in some way um I am really glad I did all the traveling I did and I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do at this point like I'm, I can uh, I can fill 45 minutes like nobody <laughs> you know like I feel like I've, I've got a lot of like you know I did my what is it 10,000 hours or whatever that's supposed to be <laughs> um, yeah no yeah absolutely real good experience I feel like it's a lot of a lot of stories uh, I'll have to tell for a long time you have taken so you have two tiny children and you have taken one of your daughters with you on tour yeah yeah kind of semi-vacation tours where you know we camp on days where there aren't shows and days that there are shows i'll kind of line up babysitting so i don't i I don't want to bring her to shows i don't want to do that to her but the traveling part together is actually i was really worried about how that would go but she's she's uh she's five but she seems super into being in the car and she can read now which helps but yeah the traveling together is really fun um yeah we're gonna try it again this summer and uh yeah i've been talking to a couple other you know parent musicians and kind of trading experiences but yeah i'm trying to find a way to make it work that feels healthy for my kid first of all but like you know also possibly like lucrative as a sustainable thing like having our tap dance before as the opening <laughs> act uh, no Shirley no. Temple <laughs> no no there, it once happened that due to some awkward logistics Rosie had to go to one of the shows and she really made herself part of the show in a way that I was like <laughs> not comfortable with and like people were taking pictures and it was cute like the people loved it and she stole the show but I was like I, this can't be what this is this is not healthy (laughs) um yeah so as a as a worst case scenario it it went pretty well but yeah i learned i do not ever want to do that again owen i am about to go on a giant book tour again great congratulations thanks but i want to know from you what are things that you from touring so much feel like it's good to skimp on or not good to skimp on oh that's a good question yeah because i know for Uh, me i like to stay in hotels 
Yeah. But I know Harry and the Potters like to not stay in hotels, and they end up saving a lot more money than I do. Yeah. But I feel yeah. well rested not having to talk to anyone after a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I'm touring by myself, I generally do not feel comfortable staying with people I do not know. I feel like if I'm with other people and there's a little bit of a buffer, I feel more okay with like sleeping on floors. Um, but I can do a couple nights of that and I really crack and I'm like, I need just personal time. I think the hardest thing about it is perpetually being a guest and I feel like I'm a pretty good guest, like I'm pretty gracious and it's exhausting being gracious at a point and I just don't want to do dishes. I don't want to wonder where I'm supposed to put the towels and you know, I just kind of, it's nice to have your own space. So I usually, if I have friends to stay with, it's it's, it's a great way to see people, um, uh, you know, other than dragging them to your shows. So they have to like stand at a bar yawning. <laughs> till one in the morning you know having to work in the morning so it's great to have just like morning coffee time with an old friend for sure but yeah I'm about 50-50 I, I like saving money I'm not above occasionally sleeping in my car in a rest stop on like a really long drive like I can get very grubby and I'm okay with that but I also really need a long time I like to watch like a half hour of uh, Law and Order every couple days and like take an actual shower yeah oh an actual like a shower you don't have to worry that anyone needs to use the bathroom yeah totally yeah you don't have to worry about using someone's shampoo and then hugging them goodbye and then them smelling the shampoo <laughs> on you and then <laughs> confronting you about using their toiletries without permission <laughs> have you <laughs> ever been confronted happened. it never happened but it is it's a fear i've had it's yeah <laughs> I was house sitting for my friend and I used yeah. her wife's cologne and then when they got home right. I totally hugged them and I had the same <laughs> Yes. Did they say anything about it? No, I've never been confronted for yeah. <laughs> Well here's the thing, I also wonder if anyone would even notice because you're basically adopting their smell. So if they already smell that like that, would they even notice? It might be the safest product you could possibly use with someone's food. <laughs> You're basically cooking them in their own smell. Yourself in their own smell. <laughs> okay, so what things is are good to skimp on or not good to skimp on? Okay. Um, hmm. I, uh, I, I definitely could be more frugal. I tend to just eat a lot of, like, high-quality meals. I really enjoy, like, something as outrageous as, like, a whole food salad bar, which is, like, just the most ridiculous ex expenditure. Um, I like I like fancy. I think fancy coffee is a good one to not skimp on because a fancy coffee is still not that expensive. So if you can treat yourself to really high end coffee, you feel like you're being you're really taking advantage of the town you're visiting. But then you can also just eat, you know, baby carrots all day long, and you know, still feel like you're engaging with wherever you're visiting and getting the most out of it but uh yeah i mean okay other ways to skimp um boy i feel like i'm so not thrifty i'm trying to be better but it's like it's i'm really pushing against my nature but i kind of um, feel like after you age at a certain point the romantic romanticization of like having a grungy punk tour leaves yeah. You know, like when you're no, not 22, I, you're like, yeah. oh, that ferret cage that you want to sleep sleep me next to at your generous yeah. punk house. I don't actually want to yeah. sleep there, but it's so nice of you to offer. Or Yeah, no, I'm very discerning about who I'm willing to, you know, whose house I'm willing to sleep in, for sure. I would rather sleep in my car in most situations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what I did do is I, I have the Hotels.com app. I don't know if we want to actually name any... <laughs> allegiances corporate allegiances here but uh i mean I, I i almost obsessively look for cheap hotels like during downtime and uh yeah i mean you can get some screaming deals if you like plan ahead how far ahead um i know people who will like when they book their tour will, like a couple months in advance will book hotels i don't do that but i'll do like a week Wow. Or, you know, at least a few towns down the road. This is it. That's kind of a hot tip. I know it's a corporate thing, but it's kind of a hot tip. There are other comparable apps. 
But the one I like about the one I use is every 10th room is free. And so that's a nice perk. That is a nice perk. Um, you have the best tour games of anyone I know. Oh, thank you. This thank is, you, yeah. You're welcome. I think that your children will appreciate this someday. I, yeah, I would hope. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think it's I think true? The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I remember you being very impressed with this spaceship, which is a game that I can't play in my current car because it has, you can't turn off the lights completely. Can but you- in my old van... It had these incredibly bright dome lights inside, and you could also kill the headlights. So on, like, a night drive, you can turn off your headlights and then create, like, a living room situation. It's, like, <laughs> level of brightness in the car, which is terrifying because you only get glare on the head, on the screen, on the <laughs> windshield. So it's a fun way to wake someone up if they're asleep in the car. You just, like, turn on the lights and turn off the dome lights, and everybody who's awake just screams. And you just for a second, and then you switch it off. But it is so startling to be in like full light and have no idea what the outside environment is. So it's super unsafe. But I mean, I think the trick is to only do it for a second. But spaceship, because you kind of feel like you're in, you know, like, you know, the Millennium Falcon or something in there. I think that you did that. We had gone to Astoria for you to play with Mates of State. Yes. Your stack of tiny Calcio tones fell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like you had them all bounce on like a a suitcase or something. Blast. Your stack. It was a bunch of us in the van, and but it was like a real windy kind of, you know, Oregon yeah. Washington road, very dark, late at night, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like spaceship, and you flip the lights, <laughs> and everyone screams because yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. You really have to know your audience for that game. Like, you could really break some trust, like, very quickly. Yeah. I know. I've tried to replicate it. It's never quite the same. It's ne- it doesn't work as well in all cars. I think a big van with a bright dome light is really how it works best. Yeah. What are your other favorite tour games? Um, uh, for a long time, I was really fond of this game called Midnight Marquee. I don't know where it started, but the premise of the game is... You are on a cross-country bus trip. This is like a make-believe imagining game. You're, imagine you're on a make, cross-country bus trip. You have like a two-hour stopover in some little town, and you walk out of the bus station with two hours to kill, and there is a movie. There are movie theaters on opposite sides of the street playing different movies, and just based on an invented title and like the two stars of the movie basically whatever information would be on the marquee you have to decide which movie you'd rather see um so it's just like the fun of the game is you think of a good title and then two really mismatched uh stars who are kind of like maybe there'd be some compelling uh chemistry there and then you it then everyone gets to imagine what that movie would possibly be do you have an example of a classic? Oh, I was worried you were going to say ask that. Um, one, I think there was a someone came up with the title of a Happenstance New Hampshire, and it was starring like Ryan Reynolds and Kate Winslet. But I just thought Happenstance New Hampshire was such a good title for a, for like a lame romantic comedy, <coughs> like New England. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That one's so pretty good. You need a contrast. I see, I see. Do you have any other tour games? <laughs> I, you know, it, we, I mean, this is so base, but like in Sister Spit, I mean, of course, there's like a would you rather, but you play it with anything. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're looking through a fashion magazine. On the first go around, you're just looking at it. Second go around, mm-hmm. you're choosing what you would wear on each page. By the third go around, yeah. you're like, who, you have to sleep with somebody on this page. Yeah. Who? So like I ended, like we were looking at Vogue one year and it was President Bush's cabinet and so I Whoa. just was like a Cheney Rumsfeld sandwich which I never would have predicted yeah. but I had to choose people on these pages. Yeah. You learn surprising things about yourself when you're forced to make a decision. Yeah, okay. I think my I tend to tour often with just one or two other people. My favorite is just touring with one other person and just really picking their brain and having like a couple weeks to like really get in there (laughs) and like know their psyche um so i really appreciate just really bizarro questions 
and you know you kind of have to feel it out and find like what you know the comfortable area is with somebody but just asking really specific uh, <laughs> my right just question yeah um yeah i like i just kind of like an open forum and just like a two-person car conversation yeah i like that i was just remembering on sister spit one time <laughs> oh my my ride's waiting but i'm gonna i'll try to keep this quick <laughs> but some the person driving had something stuck in their teeth so somebody yeah. else put on gloves and flossed the driver's teeth it could have been katie i can't remember tried to floss yeah. the driver's teeth while, while they were driving, driving. Whoa. just because they really needed help getting this thing out of their teeth but they needed both hands to drive the car yeah that's good you, i've toured with my brother quite a bit and i remember the last tour we did there's a lot of just every time you drove by like uh <clears throat> those signs indicating what what uh businesses are featured in your next stop like what gas stations hotels restaurants we did a lot of like tell me about every time you stayed at a, a red roof inn and just really breaking down like specific uh brand choices personal history which was like it brings that information that you had totally forgotten about yourself like what is everything you've ever ordered at a perkins restaurant and like <laughs> So it's good. It's, I, I enjoy lists and cataloging and things like that. Yeah. This is like an incredible writing exercise. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you um, have... Or, what, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to ask if you have tips for young musicians or artists. Or young tips. people who are doing their first tour. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like it's so much easier with smartphones now. That's like, it blows my mind that I used to do this with just like a phone booth or a phone book worth of like printed out MapQuest directions and, and or, you know, an atlas and then finding pay phones to find, to call promoters and tell them how far you are from Iowa City. It's, uh, it's incredible that you can just like find a good coffee shop or, you know, you know, just text the person who knows where you're supposed to be going, like, at any any moment. I don't know. I, I hate to be, like, you know, the, the old man about it, but, God, it's, I have it so easy, these kids. I remember also touring with, like, a binder. And they, yeah. like, a binder full of, like, the name of your contact, their phone number, their address, and then MapQuest. Or sometimes you didn't even have a printer. You had to, like, write down the directions. Yeah. Or just discover the direction somehow, like your Columbus. Yes. Yeah, it's so easy. You don't you don't need anything. The thing I'm also a really horrible overpacker, which is like a tendency I really fight with myself. But what I always try to re remind myself is that you can buy anything you forget. Like it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like um, it's okay to bring too little. I try to bring seven changes of clothes if I'm going to be gone for like multiple weeks. So you have a solid week to get to a laundromat. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but worst case scenario, they have targets everywhere, and you can buy more socks and underwear any anytime you need to. So I thought you were going to say you can buy more sweatsuits whenever you need to. Oh, that too. Yeah, like you, it will be fine. Like <laughs> if you forgot to bring something, it will be fine, and you will lose something too. I I lose, you know, jackets and phone chargers and toiletries all the time on tour I, it's I, I just go in expecting that that's going to happen you're going to lose something that you love do you have some kind of philosophy about stay or what how do you keep in touch with your family while you're gone um well it's you know now that i have kids like try to talk on the phone um and not always every day but definitely every other day just like a little check-in like i like to send pictures I used to send a lot of postcards. I don't do that much anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I find talking, talk, calling home too much is, it can, can have a negative effect. I think <laughs> every, every, you know, every day or every, once a day or maybe every couple of days is, I think, plenty. Like, you don't need to check in about every little thing. Yeah, because also you both want to be able to live in your existence. In exactly. your actual place yeah. where you are. Owen, oh, why sure. did you want to re-release Mountain Rock? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, well, I, I toured with Katie, I think, in 2005. We did a big national tour. It was shortly after Mountain Rock came out. And so I got to hear her sing those songs, like, every night for a month. And I love them so much. And <clears throat> every time I listened to that record, I had, like, super fond memories of that tour. And, um, you know, it was, like, a nice rem just reminder of my friend Katie. And so it was always a very sentimental record for me. But in recent years, I have found that a lot of the friends Katie and I met on that tour, places we stayed on that tour, a lot of these people had the same kind of sustaining relationship with that album. I kept seeing it on people's CD shelves and things like that. Or people like, whatever happened to your friend Katie? She's so great. We listen to her record all the time. And then last year I was in Austin for South by Southwest and I was staying with my friends Clark and Stacy we were just hanging out in the living room after their kid went to bed and the CD CD player was running and a disc ended and like the CD changer switched to the next disc and it was Mountain Rock and I was like oh man I listen to this all the time and they told me it had not left their five CD changer since that tour in 2005 like they loved that record and it just kind of occurred to me all at once that this is a record that seems to have like a really lasting impact on everyone who heard it when it first came out and I said to Clark I was like man I wish this record was on vinyl I'd love to have like an LP copy and Clark was like yeah I, I think I think about it a lot all the time so just sitting on Clark's couch I texted Katie and asked if she would have any interest in doing a vinyl edition on my little label Arindle. and it just seemed to be like the right time for it. She was kind of thinking about doing some shows, playing those Giannora songs that she hadn't played in years. And it just seemed like the thing that had to happen right then. It, yeah, enough time had passed and Katie was game. And, you know, I have this little label and it just seemed like the right thing to do. I think it's great. I, it. Katie makes fun of me for listening to CDs, but I'm like, oh, I got all your CDs in my car. I listen <laughs> yeah. to that compact disc all the time. It, yeah. It does hold up for me. Um, yeah, I think people who have, have CDs or tapes in their car have like a very special and specific relationship with that music because it's like a real companion. It and is uh, that's, that was a CD I had in my car for a long time. Yeah, just so it's very attached to my memory. What's your favorite song from it? Oh man, I think that just that the first on the Lonesome Border because just as soon as it starts, it's just so loaded. Like those first couple notes, like I just the feeling I have this wash of every feeling that whole record makes me feel like as it starts. So it's just like, yeah, it's powerful to me. I think there's gonna, so many great songs. What's your favorite? I think I'm going to play that one on the podcast. That was also my choice. It's great. Yeah. I mean, there are a ton of songs on that record that I love, but that one is in particular. Is, I don't know. It's like the overture for the whole thing. So it just makes you excited for everything that's about to happen. Yeah. I like it as a full piece. The record is a full record. I also really yeah. like that song. I don't know what it's called, but the one that starts Oxygen. And Ryan. Yeah. I like that Oxygen one. Oxygen and the mellow stuff, I think it's called. Yeah, that's a really good one, too. I like that one a lot. I always feel very relieved when that comes on. Nice. My heart yeah, feels relieved. <laughs> um, I've done, I think, I'm 28 releases into the label, or 27 releases into the label. And this Mountain Rock reissue, I've had so many people email me just to say thank you for doing it i feel like it's such an important record for so many people like it's just like the best feeling around the whole reissue everyone just seems so excited that it's happening and just really sweet way like it doesn't usually happen when you release a record you just people thank you <laughs> how can people get the record Oh, um, they can get the record. Well, the name of my label is Arindle, which is a made-up word, so I'm going to spell it. It's O-R-I-N-D-A-L dot com. Arindle. Arindle. Um, so you can, you can order it there. Um, you can ask your, your, your local record store to order it for you. 
it's you know it's available in the world otherwise it's on all the digital platforms too but if you want the vinyl then Rindle Rindle are the people who get it from I gotta get that vinyl for my record player in my new house I'm gonna cough hold on okay <coughs> that was a real uh, authentic cough that was that was legit that was it that was legit yeah I'm really happy with how the record turned out it's like a really nice pressing and the cover looks great all big and uh yeah I'm super proud of it yay well Owen thanks for coming on Sagittarian Matters thank you for having me I appreciate it I'm sorry if I let the microphone hit my collar a whole bunch I'm sorry that I'm looking at you like a Blair Witch Project extra who is like sitting underneath a helicopter pad <laughs> I love that movie you have no idea I love the Blair Witch Project it's I, no problem just so you know I was on tour with something called the Primate Freedom Tour this summer that came out and we were camping everywhere and thank yeah. god I didn't see that movie till I got home from tour whoa how was camping on tour that's something I haven't ever been able to really pull off in a real way I mean it was a crusty punk tour so it was fine okay. and we were also camping at KOA's which okay. I, the crusty punks were complaining about the KOA's but I thought they were really luxurious because some of them had pools we were in the south wow nice so I have to say if you were going to camp with your kids on tour to me that was a very cool choice I, I love camping and I love touring, but I haven't really been, been able to find a way to make them happen at the same time. I personally feel I need more comfort on tour than camping provides. You, you got to take care of yourself. Self-care. It's very important. Because your body's all scrunched all day and then you get out yeah. and you have to be like, hello, I'm so balanced and normal. So nice to see you. And then you do your thing. And Especially then, if, if you're going to be using your voice, you have to take care of yourself and keep your throat healthy. True. True. Serious. So, yeah. sleeping on the hard ground, waking up with the dew, just, like, saturating your everything seems hard to keep yeah. up on a tour. But that's just, you know, I'm yeah. I'm bourgeois, I guess. I don't know. That's just me. No, it's important. Hydrate. That's my other advice for touring. Everybody hydrate. Katie had some valuable advice that you'll have to hear on the podcast about going number two on tour. So It's tough. I've been wanting to start a petition for um, more humane restrooms and in music venues because they're terrible almost you know almost across the board they're terrible yeah yeah i agree with you and musicians who have been like in a van all day and if you're touring on a bus you can't even go number two on the bus so i hear yeah so yeah. then you get to the venue and then you, what you're supposed to go relieve yourself in a porta potty no way no no anyway we gotta go thank you for thank being you on the podcast this. This is nice. Thank you for having me. It's nice to see you and talk to you. Not to be a Seinfeld, but have you ever noticed that I never try to sell you Blue Apron on the podcast? Or that we do not disparage and bemoan trips to the post office in favor of stamps.com? Well, it is because we have no advertisers. Zero. Producer Chris producer Ponyo and myself do this out of the goodness of our hearts because we like it if you would like to tip producer Chris Sutton who dedicates hours to this series every week please 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 send your tip of five dollars ten dollars who knows how much that's your business via paypal to hornetleg at gmail.com that is hornet like the insect leg like one of his appendages at gmail.com if you do this, we will read your name on the podcast. Isn't that exciting? We may have advertisers someday, and we'll rant and rave about free sex toys and mattresses and Blue Apron and whatever, but in the meantime, thank you. We appreciate your support, and I look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. That was Ponyo's voice. Don't be scared. We would like to thank the following people for tipping producer Chris this week. Liz Vaughn, Lacey Davis, Sybil Snow, Missy Kulik, Magda Gianola, who says that my advice helped her get a job, Lauren Bang, and Modern Girl Blitz. Thank you. a time when we hear a certain call 
composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.